You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank call. Prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so. The phone number is 608 608- Five zero one zero seven one eight. New callers go directly to the front of the line, and for the second day in a row, we do have new callers. So, new caller, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. Hey, Colin. Curious. If I put my name down as first time caller, do I always go to the front of the line? Yeah, anyway, I think. Wondering so. about the Wonderlist score. Yeah. yeah. We already talked about the RAS and everything. I'm curious. Is there any correlation with the Wonderlist score? for like a position like tight end. Maybe we're looking at it wrong, and that's why we never get any good tight ends. But thanks, Well, I appreciate the call. We're going to have to come up with a name for you, but um, the Wonderlick thing, so it, 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 first of all, people that have looked into it apparently have found that there is no correlation whatsoever. I know I looked into it a while ago, and I found that there was a strong correlation, but it was with a limited sample size. And then I did it again recently, and I saw no correlation whatsoever. Again, pretty limited sample size. So I have to trust the sources that are out there that say that there is no correlation. Now, the, the big thing that is bothersome about this is that this topic has become somewhat, I guess you would call it, quote-unquote, political. There are some people that believe that the Wonderlick score, in general, is racist. Therefore, if there was found to be a correlation, that would be considered a racist finding. So the point is, there's reason, there's a heavy motivation to disprove the Wonderlick having any value whatsoever, aside from what is the truth. I'm not saying that it is the truth, I'm just saying I don't think if it was true that anybody would tell you. I find it annoying that these things happen. I don't know why we can't just answer questions and say, but don't be a D-bag about it. But whenever things like this happen, the red flags go up and you're not allowed to even talk about it. In fact, go on Twitter right now and ask this question and watch how many people respond and the way in which they respond. And as soon as you see stuff like that, immediately my mind goes to, okay, so there probably is a correlation then? Because I don't know why else we'd be getting so angry about this. 
Again, I don't, I don't know. But apparently, the data, if you choose to trust it, says there's no correlation. In fact, one study revealed, according to this website, that the only correlations found with Wonderlick were with tight end and defensive back, and the correlations were negative. Which is to say, the higher the Wonderlick, the worse you were at football. Now, I tend to find it hard to believe that if you're smarter at DB or tight end, that you'd be worse. And, and I think the other thing is, and, and this is why Wonderlick is so interesting, is because you know that intelligence plays into football, right? Especially the quarterback position. So if there is no correlation, I find that to be somewhat odd. Everyone seems to acknowledge that Aaron Rodgers' incredible ability for recall and his incredible memory and all that plays into his ability to be one of the best quarterbacks in football. He tested very highly on the Wonderlick. Well, he tested highly on the Wonderlick because he's incredibly intelligent. And apparently his incredible intelligence helped him be a good football player, right? So it makes sense that people would at least assume that there would be some level of correlation. But apparently there isn't. Now, clearly having a high Wonderlick doesn't make you a good football player. Let's just call it IQ, right? You ever seen those guys that have like 250 IQ? They tend to not look like football players. And so there's almost sort of this weird, like you have to be a good football player first, and then the Wonderlick is sort of a multi- multiplier. So it would be kind of, um, I guess in a sense, it would be somewhat unlikely to use the Wonderlick as a way to determine how good a football player is. I would almost see it as, you know, if you have people with really high or really low Wonderlicks, it's, it, it, it almost functions in a way, in my opinion, similar to 40 time, which there's basically no correlation between 40. It's, it's quite similar, actually. You would assume if you're faster and being faster makes you good, that 40 would make you a better football player, but it doesn't. But in essence, I think what it does is you've got the upper limits and the lower limits. If you have somebody that you already know is a really good football player, and then they blow the Wonderlick out of the, out of the water, in my mind, that's a, a bonus right? It's like if you're a great football player and you have a 4-2 and it's, you're not a great football player because of the 4-2 speed, that adds to your value. Likewise, if you're a quarterback and you have a really low wonderlick, it's not to say you can't be good. Just like if, you have a, if you're a wide receiver running a 4-6, you know, technically you could still be good, but I'm going to take you down a few pegs. So again, I think that's kind of the, the complication with the wonderlick. I think discarding it completely, unless the test is just bad at determining um, intelligence, but I don't think that it is. I don't think anybody with high Wonderlick scores, you look at and go, yeah, right, that dude's an idiot, right? The guy, the guy that went to Harvard, right, that backup guy, he blew the Wonderlick out of, uh, out of the water. Aaron Rodgers had a high, really, really high Wonderlick and higher than Brett Favre's. And let's be honest, nobody would anticipate Favre having a higher Wonderlick. So I don't think it's really a question of, is it adequately determining someone's intelligence? It's a question of, how much can you use that to be predictive? And I think anything by itself, including this, can't be by itself predictive. But if somebody has a really high wonderlick, I think that adds to their... Because what are we... Same with Christian Watson. He had an extremely high wonderlick. So my mind immediately went to his ability to learn is increased. His retention is increased, right? So that just adds to it. We know he's got the speed and all this stuff, but can he learn the system? Can he, can he really uh, fully... Um, comprehend all of it in its entirety and put it on the field, my confidence that he could went up. And I think if somebody was, was really low, that would be a concern for me. I know you're not supposed to say that, but it's just being honest. Look, I'm sorry if you have something, you know, your brain doesn't work quite as, mine doesn't work quite as well as a lot of other people either. And it's just acknowledging things for what they are. If you're five foot nine 
I'm not making fun of you because you're five. I'm sorry. I mean, I might make fun of you because you're five foot nine. But I mean, it's, this isn't a commentary on how you're a lesser human being. It's just a reality. You're five foot nine. It's going to be harder for you to play football. If you have a Wonderlick score of four, I think it's going to be harder for you to play football because intelligence plays into football. Yes, there's going to be examples of people with low wonderlicks that play, right, just like Jerry Rice, greatest wide receiver of all time, had a really slow 40 time. That doesn't mean if you have a slow 40 time, it's better. It's actually worse. So, again, I see wonderlick just like a lot of these other things, and, and really what they are, um, you can call them useless, but they're not really. I just see it more as upper and lower limits. If you're below a threshold, that's a red mark. If you're above the threshold, that's a little extra green check mark. But no, by itself, just like any, there isn't a single metric that by itself can predict success. Even, you know, I've, I've even tried to take all of the data, 40 time, height, weight, uh, three cone, college success, college program, all this stuff. You take all the data, including Wonderlick, and try to put it into one giant calculus of how good the player is. Even that isn't going to be able to do it. However, each individual component does carry some weight. That's my personal view on it. Again, a lot of people want to completely dismiss it. I think a lot of that has to do with their own beliefs about this having some kind of negative connotation. Whatever. That's your great cause in life to go fight against that. I don't know. I don't, I don't care about that. I just want information. I want good data. I want to know what's true and false, what's real, what's, what's fake, what's correct and what's incorrect. That's what I care about. If you're worried somebody's going to take correct information and use it to bludgeon other human beings, well, I, yeah, best of luck to you. Go find those guys and yell at them. I don't know what else to tell you. Enjoy the crusade. I will say, though, I would appreciate if people would just be honest about it. Rather than railing against, it's been disproven. Just say it's racist and I don't think we should use it. Then at least we know where you stand on it. Like, all right, that's your, that's your thing, but you're not involved in the actual discussion about being disproven. You know what I mean? I just don't like when it gets blended. Like, is, is this coming from a data standpoint and you and I should actually have a discussion? Or have you not looked at it and you refuse to look at it and you think looking at it by itself is racist? Because if that's so, you go stand over there and go fight with somebody else because I don't want to talk to you. Anyways, with that said, uh, we do have to come up with a name for you. So we're going to have to, uh, you know, get the robots involved here and see what we can come up with. We got the two uh, robots dueling against each other. <laughs> we have the RAS Riddler. I know your call wasn't about the RAS, but that's one of the, the best ones. Uh, line Jumper. Tight end tackler, uh, wondering wonderlick, res ruminator. I'm gonna have to have it include like an actual name in here, and it keeps thinking your name is Ryan, so we gotta fix that. Yes, it's coming up with real names. All right, we got uh, Tyler, tight end Thompson, Miles, first time Morales, <laughs> Nick Wonderlick Williams. I, I dig that. We might go with that. I think that's it. I think you are Nick Wonderlick Williams. Thanks for calling, Nick. Shall we continue? Hello. Good morning, hey. Ryan. Mike Evering, a.k.a. Packer Superfan. What's going on, Mike? Hey, Ryan, just got one quick thing for you this okay. morning. Come on, 12. Make a decision. I know. It's, I get it. It's now March 9th. Well, it's, it's the 11th. time. Yep. Get this over with. I get it. Put your big boy pants on, make a decision, and let's move on. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've been pretty, I feel like I've been pretty fair to Rodgers through this process of saying, just give him time. He needs time. But, but again, 
I mean, I'm, 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 I'm torn between understanding that this is a major, major, major decision. But I also made a major decision much faster than this. Let, let me give you an example. When I lived in Kenosha, brand new at being essentially an adult, and I did a whole bunch of adult stuff all at once, and it really came crashing down on me. Um, was living at Grammy's house, and I decided I need to move out. Uh, all right, let me back it up a little bit further and then try to do this quickly. I worked at a hospital and was on call in Kenosha, living in New Berlin. It was like a 45-ish minute drive. However, if there's winter storms or whatever, it could be easily over an hour to get there. So imagine you drive into work, it's 40 minutes, then you drive home, is 40 minutes. I had gotten a page in the middle of the night, probably like midnight. I had to get up, I had to drive 40 minutes to work, and then I drove all the way home. I got paged again. I drove into work, and by the way, I'm, it's not like I drive there and I drive back. I'm there and I'm working, and it's, by the way, high stress. If you get called in the middle of the night, something is very wrong. So, you know, the, the, uh, the nurse call isn't working, all the, you know, in a critical care unit. So, you know, the, the alarms aren't going off. So they're using actual bells. They're putting bells in patients' rooms. So you've got to get this by yourself up and running. These things are hardwired into the wall. There's software. There's all this stuff. It sucks. And then when you can't get it fixed and there's nobody there that can help you because everybody else is sleeping, you have to go talk to a very pissed off nurse and say, there's nothing I can do. You're going to have to take care of this tomorrow. And then walk out as she stares at you like, are you freaking serious? And just walk away like a boss and then go home. At that moment, I decided I needed to get my own place. So I moved there. I was five minutes away. It was great. I had no idea how much expenses were involved with, um, with paying rent. So I had rent and then all the other expenses that go along with that, the groceries, the the utilities, et cetera, et cetera, right? Shortly after that, I decided to get married. That is very expensive. Not only that, my wife had a daughter. So now I am a husband, now I'm a new homeowner, kind of renting, and a husband and a wife. Long story short, very shortly thereafter, flat broke. Unbelievable stress when you watch your savings account deplete because you can't pay the bills. And so I called around and got called back from a place in Madison. Had no intention of going to Madison. I called because the cream of the crop was the VA. Everybody wanted to get into the VA, but if you're not a vet, there's no point. Well, the VA called me back. Essentially, after like one interview, they're like, you got the job. This is a major life decision to uproot a family and move to a city that I don't want to live in, that's far away from our families, that neither of us really want to live in. However, we're broke, and this is a major, major pay increase. I had to make that decision in like five minutes. Remember, I did the interview, and I was like, so what happens now? And he's like, well, HR will call you and tell you if you got the job. I, th I was expecting like four interviews. Then I'm at home, and the guy calls me. He's like, hey, has HR called you yet? No. Okay, well, they should be, because I... Uh, I told him I wanted to get back to you and offer you a job. Okay. Well, uh, let me know if they don't call you, and I'll, I'll, I'll get on them. And then he hangs up, and I'm sitting there with my wife like, I think I got the Madison job. So while I want to sympathize with Aaron Rodgers, these big boy real-life decisions happen, and everybody has to make them. I didn't want the job. I didn't want to leave. I liked my... Well, I kind of didn't really like my... I started to dislike my job when new people took over and started making my life miserable. But I didn't want to move. Certainly never wanted to go to Madison. If anything, I wanted to go to the Milwaukee area, but that's more expensive and the pay wasn't that big of an increase. So it wouldn't have worked. 
So I had to, I had to make the decision that we're moving. We got to pack all our stuff. We got to uproot our family. We got to move over to Madison, Wisconsin, further away from our families than we already are. By the way, at this point, we already had another child. And I think my wife was actually pregnant with another child. So we had two and one on the way and no money and had to make a major life change. But we made it and we made it quickly. And I certainly didn't go out golfing and go, eh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I feel like letting you know. I have a process that I need to go through. No, you're going to lose the job. You have to tell them yes, or they're going to move on to somebody else. So again, I feel like I've been more than fair to Aaron Rodgers saying this is a big decision. He needs some time. I think he's had a lot of time. And beyond that, the biggest thing is if you're going to make proclamations that you're not going to handcuff the team, you can't butt it up to the free agency period as much as you are. I kind of feel like last week was the cutoff. You need to give the Packers at least a week to sort through their salary cap situation, make calls and make deals for the, for the free agent market. It's Saturday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We have less than four full days. We have two full days and like two half days. So like three days, basically. Three days. And it's still not done. As of right now, as of this recording, it is 9.13 in the morning. It's not done. I just think any attempt to say that this isn't negatively impacting the Packers' ability to do what they need to do for the team is not true. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's going on too long. I think he has had a lot of time to think about this. I think he spent a lot of time not thinking about this, and I don't think it's a human right to you know go out golfing and whatever else he's been doing. So he could have spent, I mean, let, let's, how long ago was the Packers' last game? It was over two months. January 8th, I believe. Two months and three days. 63 days? Something like that? 62 days? I mean, come on, man. That's a long time. That's a long time. And it sounds like it's been whittled down to two decisions. It's not like which, t- you're not choosing. And that's the thing. I mean, if it was between retirement and the Packers were a legitimate option and wanted you back... And it was between multiple different teams, like the Jets and the Raiders and the Dolphins and the 49ers or whoever, like this big pile of teams. There's a lot to sift through. It sounds like as of right now, the Packers have made a decision they do not want you back. And I would almost assume that the Packer, that Rodgers has made it clear that he doesn't want to be back either. When you look at the Mark Murphy comments, I don't think he was just talking about the Packers. I think he was also speaking for Aaron Rodgers, although people assumed that he wasn't and it was just the Packers and all that stuff. I think it's been made clear. So there's not multiple teams, there's one team, it's the Jets. The Packers are out. So it's retire or Jets, what do you want to do? Now, I'm not going to say you've had two months to make that specific decision, but that's basically what you've had two months to do. You've got two months to contemplate whether you want to play football or retire. And you haven't even made that decision, because if you had, we would know the answer by now. If you decide to play, you're playing for the Jets. If you decide to retire, you're going to retire. You've had over two months to decide if you want to play or retire and you can't make up your mind. You've done a, what was it, a four-day retreat, even though the rumors are you only made it two days. He seems to want to imply that he made it the full four days by saying, I spent multiple days doing this and multiple days doing that. But you've spent, I mean, we're, we're talking intense four days doing nothing but contemplating what you want to do, right? 
I didn't get that when I got a new job, nor does anybody else when they decide if they need to want to go get a new job or want to start a business or want to work from home or want to do this or want to do that. Major life changes, leaving and moving to different states. They don't get to say, you know what, honey, I'm leaving for four days. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. Don't ask me about the kids. I'm going to go, you know, turn off, leave my phone, turn off all the TVs. And I'm going to do nothing but contemplate this situation for four days, for four straight days days, nothing, all the pros, all the cons, that's all I'm going to do, and then come back and go, yeah, I don't know, I still haven't quite figured it out, I guess we'll just have to sit here in limbo, and thanks for taking care of everything while I was gone, by the way, I'm going golfing, and then I'm going to go out to see Machu Picchu, and then I'm going to come back and uh, probably still won't have a decision. Again, I feel like I've been more than fair with this. I said I thought he would make a decision a week earlier than he did last time. He did not. So then I assumed he would make the decision and the same time frame that would have been this past Tuesday. He did not. He's taking more time than he took last time. So I tend to agree. It's it's certainly a tough decision, but you're going to have to just make the decision, okay? I mean, worst case scenario, you retire and then say, never mind, I actually want to come back and play, and then you work that out. But yeah, you... you got to make a decision, man. I mean, it, it's it's kind of just getting embarrassing at this point. We We've got... Reports, multiple reports now coming out saying the Packers and Jets have got this all worked out. They're doing the hard work. The amount of work that goes into trying to figure out the contract details, the player trade details, all these different kinds of things, how the future is going to be impacted, plus trying to run two sets of books to try to figure out, or three sets, what do we do if he comes back, plays for the Jets, or or retires? Even if comeback is gone, fine, we got to run a couple different sets of books to try to figure out how we're going to do things, proceed with the things that are the same, and then just wait out the rest. All that work has been done, right? This is like the class project where everybody did their work except you and your only job was to like Google what year the Eiffel Tower was built and you haven't done that yet. They gave you the easy job because they knew that you're the slacker and you haven't done it yet. So yeah, I mean, it's always been up to this point. I really want him to make a decision because I really want to know. Like I want that, that like, big news to hit and I want to be ready and move forward and all that stuff and figure out what's going on. Now it's kind of beyond that as far as me just having the selfish desire of wanting that big thing to happen. Now it's getting into you're kind of doing the wrong thing and you proclaimed that you wouldn't and that's kind of the problem. It is so hard to do this podcast because I'm sitting here just hitting refresh on Twitter and then it's like, (laughs) where did I leave off now? All right, next call. Sorry, sorry. Here we go. Brandon, a.k.a. Bramble, a.k.a. whatever your real name is. Here we go. Hey, Daddy. Hey, that's weird. Brandon here. Hey, Bramble. Yes. Um, The biggest issue I'm having lately is listening to your podcast and not being able to argue with you. Well, you can. Um, Maybe not argue, but bring up other points. Yeah. The quarterback rugby scrum play is, um, there's a reason why in the uh, ice bowl last play of the game, you see the Jerry Kramer with his hands up in the air. So he didn't get a penalty for pushing start. Um, But if it's part of the game, why don't we take A.J. Dillon, put him under center, and then take, I don't know, Yash and Royce Newman and put them behind him and just push? I don't know. Why don't we? I mean, that's what we're going to do. 
Why not lean into it? You're right. <laughs> Why not? Here's the other thing. Maybe the reason it's not as common is because it's not actually as easy as people are laying it out. If it really was that easy, I mean, I don't know, but I'd, I'd like to see it. Let's try it. I mean, it's kind of like when other people call in, like, why don't you just put A.J. Dillon out wide and then put offensive linemen out there and do it? It's like, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess on paper it kind of makes sense. You could try it, but I'm guessing the fact that they don't try it means it wouldn't work. Right? Occasionally you see those weird formations, and every single time it's the dumbest thing ever. But I want to see it and try it. So, yeah, I'm. why don't they do that? I mean, the, the only two reasons is, one, they don't think it would work, or two, they're too stupid to do it, to think to do it. But that's kind of part of the other problem. It's not even an issue, right? I mean, it sounds like you're making the claim that, you know, we shouldn't do that because that would make it automatic and that's unfair or whatever it is you're saying. I'm not entirely sure, but it's not even a problem yet. That's not even a thing yet. We haven't even proved that something like that could make something automatic. In fact, it's if that can pick you up four yards automatically, let's 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 do that. And And maybe if it gets to the point where, Defenses cannot stop offenses because this turns into A.J. Dillon gets pushed for five yards and we run that play every single time and we get touchdowns on every single drive and then every other team does the exact same thing and every drive results in a touchdown. Maybe now we've got to look at it and say, okay, yes, I think the defenses would eventually revolve, but at this point we can't evolve fast enough and we can't stop them, so we have to change this. But we're not even talking about that. We're talking about one team or two? How many teams are doing this? I know about the Eagles, and that's it. But we're talking about maybe a handful of teams are able to pick up one-yard plays that are basically automatic. I mean, why didn't we ban Tom Brady running the sneak? Has he ever been denied a sneak, ever? Why didn't we ban that? So, yeah, maybe it would work. Why don't we try it and find out? Because right now, it doesn't seem to be a problem with 32 teams doing it and executing it properly. And if it's just a matter of some teams having the players that are good enough to be able to do it, that are able to execute it, good for them. I think our society is uh, rather on point. Banning um, things we don't like versus uh, dealing with them and overcoming the diversity that we see. Right. So, I mean, I guess I called to argue and then agree, so... <laughs> Um, anywho, I mean, and, and again, you might be right. I don't know, but I, I just, in, in general, I don't like this tact. I mean, again, at least prove, allow it to be proven, allow all 32 teams to be able to do this where they can pick up five yards on, on a, on a push play. And and, uh, yeah, nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to watch two offensive linemen push a 250-pound running back forward for five yards, which completely eliminates passing. It eliminates everything. It's just a boring little rugby scrum. But we're clearly not there. And we're not talking about five yards. We're talking about two yards. And we're we're only talking about a couple teams. And if, if we're talking about two out of 32 teams that can even execute the play, we're not talking about some kind of a thing that's going to ruin the game. Right? So again, let's let it play out and let's let it at least become a problem before we solve it. Rather than saying, I see this as a potential problem, and rather than proving it's a problem and proving that teams can't overcome it, let's just eliminate it now. I maybe I just don't have enough foresight to see the impending doom of all this, but 
um, again, at least let it prove itself to be a problem. Because I don't see a team adequately picking up two-yard gains um, as a negative. Good for them. And again, like you said, if it's so easy to do it, why don't we do it? I don't know. Why, why, why don't the Titans do that with Derrick Henry? Why don't, you know, why doesn't every single team do that? Why don't the Bears do that? I don't know. Again, let's, let's, just, let's just leave it alone for now and see what happens. And you're right. If, if it becomes a thing, that sucks, and we'll, we'll figure it out from there. But um, I, I, I guess maybe I tend to worry more about the slippery slope stuff where we're setting precedent. You set a precedent for somebody did something, and if we take it to, you know, again, they're essentially doing the slippery sloping. If we do this, then it'll turn into this, which will turn into this, which will turn into this. And so we need to set a rule to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I see that as a precedent for if you can look at one thing and imagine a world in which that thing is bad for the game, then we should ban it. You can do that with anything, though. Right? But I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to protect player safety. It's another thing to nitpick and start creating different rules because we just don't like how people execute and are successful. Just, just let them do it and force teams to adapt. I, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm open to the idea that I'm wrong on this, but this is just where I stand on it. It's my view of how things should and shouldn't be done moving forward. I think there's too much playing around. There's too much interjecting. There's too much like, you know, helicopter parenting this thing. Every little thing, you got to get in there. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, 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 you're going to fall. Oh, no. Put, uh, uh, uh. Dude, let the kid freaking play. All right. Leave the kid alone. Let him play. Let him scrape his knees up. Let him fall off the swing set. Like he's going to live. He'll be fine. You don't have to. Oh, oh, oh. we should get rid of the swings. They could fall off. And we, uh, we got to put down the, the rubber foam padding and uh, 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 uh. relax. Let them play football. Leave them alone. You love the show. Thank you. Um, oh, another thing, since I haven't called in in a while. Um, the theme song for Packers After Dark is, like, worlds better than the uh, than the standard theme song for the podcast. So I'm wondering if maybe you need to do a little something else for the podcast now no. and, and get it on the level of Packernet After Dark. I don't think I can. Can you feel that? I can't do that. Attention there. You need to make a phone call. <laughs> All right, buddy. So, call if I want. Yeah, that that initial theme song. I mean, again, when I started the podcast, I never anticipated it becoming anything. I didn't think it would become, you know, one of the top Packers podcasts, which it is. Um, so I, I kind of just slung thing, you know, Pack Daddy, just off the top of my head, like, yeah, okay, we'll do Pack Daddy and. I don't even know where I found the song, but I know I ripped it off. Thanks to the help of JJ, by the way, he actually found the people that made the song. I went back and paid a dollar for it. So now I've paid for it. But um, yeah, I found it and I just ripped it off and I slapped it on there. Um, I was just going through, I don't even know where I found it, some marketplace thing or whatever. And um, it just kind of had like what I was looking for, which is just like a bang, you know, and kind of like a, well, it, I think it's exactly... I like it. I actually like the theme song. It kind of had the right energy to it and everything else, but the point is, it really wasn't a well-thought-out thing. None of this was. It was all just slapped together. But um, I do appreciate that. The, the intro theme song, I actually created that. 
So I'm pretty proud of that. I, I didn't pay somebody to do that for me. I put that together. Um, the song I found on a, I, I pay for rights to music or whatever, so I can use it on my YouTube channel and my podcast if I want to. I should probably get rid of it because I never really use it anymore. But um, so I found a song that just kind of worked and I found each one of those pieces. Um, another thing I pay for that I haven't used in a while either, but occasionally you hear me use uh, clips from movies or whatever. Um, I have like a database I can search different things. And so I just found things that involved phone calls. And I found different things and I stitched them together and I made the intro. And then the outro is just from that same music marketplace. I didn't add anything to it. I just found a song that I thought was pretty cool. Usually it's the same song for the intro and the outro, but I just kind of like that other song. So I use that. But uh, yeah, I do like it. And I appreciate that. But no, I can't, I can't change it, man. It's, we are coming up on 1,700 Packernet podcast episodes. I think it's 1,700. And that doesn't include any of the Packernet After Dark. It's just the regular Packernet. 1,700. 1,600 and some odd shows I've done. I can't change the podcast theme song. There's no way. But I appreciate the feedback. Why don't we go ahead and take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you would like to support the podcast, it would be surely greatly appreciated. I don't think we have any March supporters yet, so you would be the first and maybe only person to come in. Again, it's just $1, and um, you don't get a ton for that. I need to get back in there and do some polls and stuff for fun, but it's just a way of saying thank you. Um, if you do go up to a $5 or above tier, I can get you added to the Substack. Which um, I'm trying to I'm I'm I've been racking my brain over the last 24 hours or so, trying to get away from the. Um, I feel like I've done enough of the uh, what the heck are they called the scouting reports. I kind of got the first round guys that we might get done, and I think I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to do second, third, fourth, and just continue it. It's a fun exercise. It was it was something to do, but I want to do something a little bit more in depth, and I cannot think of what I want to do. But I'm working on that. I'm proud of the fact that I'm getting more content up over there. If you want to go directly there and sign up, you can, packernet.substack.com. But anyways, uh, also please consider checking out Fertile Ground Ranch at fertilegroundranch.org. It is a ministry that my dad started uh, helping people that are in need, primarily right now, um, working with people that uh, are fresh out of prison, but um, also just coming out of addiction and those kinds of things, currently in addiction, whatever. So just check them out, see if it's something that aligns with your values. And um, if you're looking to give, I would appreciate it if you consider giving even a small amount to them or or support in any other way that you can. Talk to your local church about it or uh, your pastor, see if your church would be willing to support the ministry. Or of course, you could just pray for them, would be also of uh, great help. But we'll take a break and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, the 2023 New York Jets, introducing starting quarterback number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Did I do that right? Did I get the crowd noise? Did that sound good? I don't know what that was in the background. And I know it's more of an NBA thing, but I think you probably should have went with, uh, you know, the classic. Introducing number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Something like that. Hey, Ryan, I had two things. Um, I just saw we got our two compensatory picks. I'm not really sure who they're for, but we got two of them this draft. And I saw that the 49ers got seven compensatory picks. Seven. That's a full draft. I'm just wondering how they're able to get so many. I don't really know. I know that per player usually they had a bunch with the asterisks by them on the NFL, which said like it was a special compensatory pick or something. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just wondering if you know anything more about how they got all those. Um, and then I saw that Zedarius is requesting a release from the Vikings. And I mean, I'm just glad they moved on from him at this point. I mean, he gave us a great year, but. The dude just seems like a nightmare. Like, what? what's going on? Why? I don't understand why he's requesting a release. Like, he doesn't want to stay anywhere. Uh, anyway, go back, go. Yeah, Zadarius is a weird situation. Um, as far as the 49ers, they got uh, two seventh-round picks, one for Kwan Williams, one for Raheem Mostert. They got a sixth-round pick for Arden Key. They got a fifth-round pick for DJ Jones. And then they got two third-round picks for, uh, one says D'Amico Ryans, Rand Carthen, and one says Mike McDaniel, which is the coach, because he's a, apparently a minority. So they were awarded two third-round picks because they had minority coaches that got hired elsewhere or something. I don't know. And that whole thing is just, oh, and Robert Sala is another third-round pick. So they got three third-round picks for that. 
which again just completely blows my mind. I I I just I can't comprehend that. But that's essentially what happened. Hey Ron, I was just wondering if uh Darius I'm sorry, this is Terrell from Virginia. Going on. I was just wondering if Darius Smith is asking to be released from the Vikings in order to play for AFC East, which is in the Jet division, just so he can chase <laughs> down Aaron Rodgers and harass him. I'd be curious to see if he try to go to the Bills. Because the Bills is probably the best team in that division. Thanks. He's going to sign up to play for the Bills for 50 bucks and unlimited Buffalo wings. <laughs> just so he can destroy. Hey, I'd be all for that, man. He'd be back in my good graces if that was the case. No offense to Rodgers or whatever, but that would be kind of funny. His entire goal in life is to torment Aaron Rodgers wherever he goes. That would be kind of funny. The other thing that's kind of interesting about the whole thing that I guess I hadn't really thought about is the fact that they are in that division, and that's become kind of a tough division. Whereas he's pretty much dominated. I know we didn't win the division, but we've pretty much dominated the NFC North. He's going to go over there, and as good as you think the Jets might be with Rodgers, they're not beating the Bills. And I'm not positive they're going to be better than Miami. Maybe. I mean, who knows? But um, you're coming in as the second or third best team trying to rise through the ranks. It might even be the fourth best team trying to rise through the ranks. And obviously the quarterback was a big problem and a better quarterback is going to make your team better. But, you know, as much as we pump up like, dude, he's going to have Garrett Wilson. Like, yeah, but Tyreek Hill is in that division. Stephon Diggs is in that division. I'm glad Garrett Wilson was a decent rookie. And is a decent wide receiver. I mean, he's he's fine. He's solid. But I don't, I mean, he's at best the third best receiver in the division. I mean, honestly, who who's going to be the best quarterback in the division? It's going to be Josh Allen. And he. I think Rodgers is going to be in competition with Tua. If you're looking at the best wide receivers, it's Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, then Garrett Wilson, then Jalen Waddell, Ramondre Stevenson, Pierce. It's, it's Miami Buffalo Jets. Miami, New England, New England, Buffalo, New England, Miami, New England, Miami, New England, Miami, Buffalo, and then the Jets. They don't have anybody else. They don't have the best. They don't have the second best. They, they might have the third best wide receiver group. I guess that would be receivers, not necessarily wide receivers. Uh, if you look at the highest graded tight ends, it's Dawson Knox, then Durham Smythe, then CJ Uzoma, Uzama, whatever. Third best tight end. All the talk about Brees Hall being an elite running back and all that stuff. In the AFC East, out of 20 running backs, he ranked 10th. Top two running backs are for New England, then it's Devin Singletary in Buffalo, then it's New England, then it's Miami, Miami, Buffalo, and then Zonovan Knight was the highest graded running back. If you want to go based on stats, based on yards, New England, Miami, Buffalo, Miami, Buffalo, and then Brees Hall. I know he didn't play a full year, that's why I went with grades instead of, instead of stats, but I mean, any way you want to slice it, how about the best tackles? Miami, Buffalo, New England, Miami, New England, New England, Miami, New England, Buffalo, Buffalo, Miami, Jets. You got to go down to 12th to get to the first Miami or the, the first Jets tackle, and it's Dwayne Brown who ranked 12th with a 57 overall grade. How about guards? New England, then Miami, then Elijah Vera Tucker. Then it's Buffalo, Buffalo, Miami, Miami, and then Nate Herbig is eighth. How about center? There's only four teams. There's only four centers. Jets, Connor McGovern, third. So they've got, what, the second best quarterback, third best wide receivers, maybe, third or fourth best offensive line, third or fourth best running back. I feel like this has been slightly overhyped. 
I mean, you can, even if you compare it to the Packers in 2020, who had a better offensive line, the 2020 Packers or the Jets? The Packers. Who had better receivers? The Packers. I would take Devontae over Garrett Wilson any day of the week. It's not even close. Tight ends, basically a wash, but I would probably still take the Packers. Running backs, Packers. In what universe is this like this elite offense that he just, you know, you just can't turn away from? Well, it's the defense. Okay, well, yeah, they decent defense, right? They got maybe the best uh, defensive tackles. Maybe, well, Miami probably does with Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, but uh, Sheldon Rankins and Quinnen Williams, great duo. Edge rushers, yeah. I mean, their top two guys combined for 10 sacks, whereas uh, Uche in New England had 12 by himself. I would take Rashawn and Preston, but, you know, to each their own. Linebackers goes Buffalo, New England, Buffalo, Miami, New England, and then C.J. Mosley, and then Quan Alexander. So sixth and seventh out of 10 linebackers. So not great. Corners, obviously they got some great corners with Sauce Gardner leading the way. Great group. I mean, we have Jair too, but okay. And then safeties is all New England. The top four safeties in that division are New England, then Miami with Javon Holland, then Jordan Whitehead, who I don't even know if he's going to be sticking around. Then you got LaMarcus Joyner, who was 10th out of 12 safeties. So they got good defensive tackles, good corners. Other than that, what is the major selling point? What do they have that is significantly better than even their own division, much less the rest of the NFL that's going to make them go to a Super Bowl? What is it? Aaron Rodgers is automatic. He wasn't automatic in Green Bay, and they have weapons here. Buffalo Bills can't even win with Josh Allen, and Josh Allen right now is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. And he has a better team around him. And he has a better staff, better coaching staff, better play callers, better everything. They can't win. They win the division. They can't do much in the playoffs. The Jets are going to just take over with Aaron Rodgers, even if he gets back to MVP form. How does that get him into the Super Bowl? Just a thought. Maybe that's what he's pondering. So, um, you know, spending so much time worrying about is, do I want to come back, go to the AFC East, get pummeled by the Buffalo Bills and embarrassed by the Miami Dolphins? and retire in shame so that I can collect my 60 million bucks, or should I just put myself out of my misery right now? Fair enough question. Well, hey, it's Jersey Mike again. Hey. So I just listened to Packing That After Dark, uh, and it seemed like you was, you was a little confused on the whole shebang between New York and New Jersey. So let me, yeah. let me let it in yeah, let me a know. little bit here. So New York is, right, the mostly... Uh, Pretentious, right? Mostly full of themselves. Mostly got a, a, a bunch of hot air going through their heads, right? Because what happens is they live in this prison called New York City, yeah. And everybody who lives in New York City thinks New York City is the greatest place ever, right? The problem is they also think that they control all of New York and that they're the only part of New York, which right. is true. But it completely segregates them from upstate New York, yeah, where you've got what I would call northern hillbillies, right? right? It's like West Virginia. Yeah, we got that too. Snows yep. more. Um, that's upstate New York. But anyway, then then you have New York as opinions of people from Jersey. Because the problem with Jersey is if you are anywhere that's closely connected to New York from one of the bridges or the tunnels, there's a lot of urban sprawl. You've got Newark, New Jersey, Union, or uh, what do you call it? Um White Plains, sorry, no, that's New York, uh, Summit, all these places, Jersey City, um, then you got going south towards like the Princeton, where I'm from, Trenton, 
uh, Quaker Bridge, uh, areas, and that's, that's populated. Then you get more south, like, like past the Pine Barrens, and you got Atlantic City and Cape May and, and all that. And then the thing is, right, between Central Jersey and Cape May and Atlantic City, you got the Pine Barrens, which is nothing but like Fort Dix, which is a U.S. Army base. And it's called the Pine Barrens because it's basically barren. There's nothing but fishing and camping out there. Uh, you got Six Flags Great America, which is like the greatest theme park on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, I would even say better than Disney's roller coasters. I've been to both. I have a say. <laughs> yeah, we got a Six Flags out here too. It's it's pretty dope, man. I like Six Flags. Um, what about uh, what the heck is that place out in? I don't even think it's Massachusetts. We used to go there when I was a kid. I think it might be in like New Hampshire or something. I don't know. We would travel to it, but it's uh, Canopy Lake Park, I think is what it was called. I don't know. I don't know the actual name because of the accent. It kind of sounds weird, but I want to look that up real quick. It, it just hit me that we used to go to a theme park when I go visit my grandpa in Massachusetts. There it is. Found it. Canopy Lake Park. It's in New Hampshire. I know that's not really by you, but it just sprung a memory, so I wanted to check it out. Anyways, sorry. Please continue. Um, but then you get you get north North Jersey, right? Like real North Jersey, and you're going towards upstate New York. Um, you're going towards you know part of the place that isn't connected to the city, and so you got you know the Appalachian Mountains, which is completely different than how you say it if you're from Florida, which is Appalachia, right. uh, Appalachian, and Appalachia. And, uh, I don't even want to get on that, but. Okay. It's it's barren, or sorry, it's not barren. It's wooded. It's got the Delaware River. Uh, it's where my wife is from, and it would remind you of being in the middle of nowhere with small towns. Mm-hmm. Um, New Jersey makes no sense, but most of the population is in those. To be continued with Jersey Mike. Sorry about that. So I don't know where I cut off. But basically, what I was trying to get at is that. Jersey has a lot of city, and it's also got a lot of ground, fertile ground, wide open plains, wide open spaces for farming. Um, that's why it's called the Garden State. Um, but the thing is, New Yorkers hate New Jersey because they know that if they were to just live in New Jersey, they could have the same life that they do in New York, but it would be more affordable, right. and they would have room to spread their arms out. And the problem is... Yeah, but but then they don't get that elitism aspect of saying that they're from New York, right? That's what it's... They're paying a premium to be able to say that they're a part of it. You know, they're not some some tourist, even though they just uh, probably moved out there from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But now they're in New... I'm a New Yorker now, right? They think it carries some weight. It, it's such a... I always think about that with like LA too. Such an elitism to it. Like, I want to live there so that I can say that I'm better than everybody. Like, okay, dude. If they would spread their arms out, they'd touch too many things at once besides concrete and person and feces or pee or spit on the sidewalk, right? So because there's too much space in New Jersey, the New Yorkers go run back to the prison because, oh, my God, I'm feeling too many things. And uh, by the way, the smell in New Jersey, the smell that everybody smells, and I don't know who did this, but again, the airport's in Newark, right? right. Which Been is also where the oil refineries are. Gotcha. All the oil refineries. 
So you land in Newark, New Jersey, or you, you come over the bridge with the Lincoln or the GWB, and you come into Jersey, and the first thing you get smacked with is this giant oil refinery, mm-hmm. right? It smells awful. I literally, it's the kind of place you're driving past where you're in your car, you're on the road to go to the airport, and you turn, you make sure that, like, you know, the vents can't pull in from the outside, because if you do, it's going to... It's going to be awful. So mm-hmm. you, you get that, that recirculating in the car, stuff on, you throw that air conditioner on, and you better do it before you get close because it's going to smell real bad. And what's really funny, yeah, Anheuser-Busch has a, uh, has a, <laughs> so you're getting your beer by where it smells like garbage from oil refining. Oh, it's great. I love it. But yeah, there's a little geography lesson of the worst place on earth and why uh, New Jersey people hate New Yorkers because New Yorkers are full of themselves and people from New Jersey hate people who are full of themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just this really cyclical cycle and we all hate each other and that's why Jersey is the light at the end of the tunnel and New York is garbage Yeah, because I hate New Yorkers. Anyway, go back go. Well, that's kind of what I was driving at. I, I assumed that there was some kind of attention there that you guys didn't like each other and, and, and that they looked down on uh, people from New Jersey and New Jersey looked up with the middle finger because they're looking down on you. That's just kind of how I envisioned it happening. And it sounds like I pretty much got it. Um, and yeah, technically I have been uh, to Newark many times, but that's all. we never actually left the airport. It was just a connecting flight. My dad worked for Continental and uh, Newark is a hub, just like Houston So it's one of those things where that's where you always end up going. So when we go out to Massachusetts, sometimes I think to Florida, usually you go down to Houston, but sometimes you go to New York to go down to Florida. And then you just uh, connect from there up to Logan or whatever. So I never caught the smell. I just, I've heard people reference it. So that's all I know. I will say this though, for to, to kind of back you up a little bit. I saw there was a... Uh, Study done, John Calhoun in the 1960s, and he studied mice and whatnot. And one of the things, I, I don't exactly know what the purpose was. They made it sound like it was a very controversial thing or whatever. But anyways, the big takeaway that I, I think you could, uh, whether or not it's true, it doesn't really matter. The, the point is, it's just, it, 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 it's funny. When they put these mice together, and then I think started like limiting resources or whatever, I don't know. I, th- I think it was just overcrowding. They started packing these things together. One of the things that they noticed started happening was that the dominant mice would tend to live more in isolation, like they'd have their own plot of land, for example. And the less dominant, let's call them the sissy mice, would all flee off to what they basically created as cities. They start to clump together in these really tight-packed cities, and they would like rear each other's kids and all kinds of weird stuff. So basically, all those people that just have these big dreams of going off and living in these big crowded cities are the weaker ones. That's all you need to know. So just get your plot of land, put that rocking chair out on the front of your uh, patio, smoking a cigar, knowing that you're better than all of them. <laughs> Again, I have no idea what that study actually concluded, but that, that was my major takeaway. The dominant ones said, this is my land, and all the lesser ones were like, I want to go to the city. That's probably the, that's probably the voice that the mouse made. It's the voice I was envisioning the mouse would make. But I appreciate the clarity on that, Jersey Mike. We're all getting smarter. We're all getting better. You know, we've learned a lot about superheroes, pizza, Alaska, Jersey. I like it. And, of course, we got uh, 
our buddy Trucker Bob just traveling the entire world, letting us know what's going on. So, very informative podcast. Hey, uh, Daniel from California. Hey there. Uh, I was listening to the podcast, and uh, sorry, it's raining over here, by the way. That's just fine. It's supposed to be a drought. All Doesn't this rain over here. But uh, I was watching Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Uh, you guys are talking about all the comps, like Keenan Allen, Devontae, uh, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cub. And right. Of those guys, I have a comp that I like. I went back and watched, and then I also have a comp that um, it's probably it's like a better version of I, I I would say he's got a higher ceiling more athletic version but my comp of like good receivers in the NFL right now is actually Super Cup because you look at Jefferson Devontae Allen and what those guys do they attack at the line to they're they're not trying to win the route they're trying to destroy you right they have the explosion off the line yeah and they're trying to get that edge right there. And the difference between those guys and Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup likes to gain leverage with the route. So he'll look at the alignment and he'll adjust the route. And what you like, what you see a lot with Cooper Cup, he does like the um, the arm over or arm under swim to get back across. Sure. He doesn't cut oh, no. receiver because he gets the leverage. And you know, you don't see that necessarily with Jackson but he does do the, you know, he really is into um, using the route and gaining, winning the route, you know, a couple yards downfield instead of at the line, like how these other guys like to do it, like Jefferson, Adams, and Allen. They went at the line. But, um, you know, Cooper Cup, he's winning, you know, two yards downfield, sure. you know, with how he's setting up the route. So he's a lot closer with that, plus his body control down the field is a lot closer to um, Cooper Cup. But the one guy that I really like, he's quick. Like, he's a quicker version. Like, speed-wise, they might be the same speed. But I I think James Jones. James Jones um, was the same way off the line. He used the route to, you know, kind of get the leverage in the route, and then that's how he would win his route early on. He wasn't destroying guys at the beginning of the line. And just insane body control, and I see a lot of similar things with Jack Smith and Jigba. He's a quicker, right? And I mean quick by, like, his route running. Yep. All of his measurables are elite with the change of direction, so he's like a quick. James Jones is kind of what I like to see, but that's all I got. Go, Pat, go. No, I like that a lot, especially the Cooper Cup thing. I think that makes a ton of sense um, because, as I've said, I get it with the Devontae, Keenan Allen, and Justin Jefferson thing, just from a standpoint of obviously his whole thing is elite route running, but but the difference is I could see it with Devontae. You watch Devontae. There's nobody on planet Earth that watches it and is like, dude, how did he even get open? I don't get it. He broke the freaking guy's ankles, right? Like you said, it's explosion off the line. It's explosion out of the brakes. You know, these just sudden bursty movements. And I don't really see that with Jackson Smith and Jigba, so there's some parallel in terms of it's all about the route running and all that stuff that makes him as good as he is, but it's much more subtle to where I, I can't really see it. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with Cooper Cup, too. Cooper Cup doesn't look like Devontae, but the production is there. The guy knows how to get open. And I think I, I think it may be more subtle and maybe not as, as uh, obvious for a layman who obviously is blind to these things like me can see. But, you know, you can be an intel- intelligent route runner 
that knows how to attack leverage and, and these different kinds of things to know exactly what to do and where to put your body and, and exactly what movements to make at exactly what time. And then you add in, you know, the three cone agility type stuff, the ability to shift your body, you know, you, you sell one way and then shift your body the other way, just, just to be able to do that at a, at a higher rate. These subtle microscopic things make the difference to where I can't necessarily see it as blatantly to where I look at that and go, why, why would Romeo Dobbs not be able to do that? You know, it's much more subtle. Whereas, again, Justin Jefferson and Devontae, like, dude, I, I, there's two guys in the league that can do that. That was stupid. He freaking killed that guy. You know, he, he had cuts on his cuts, man. I mean, literally, he'd make a cut and then make a second cut and he'd be 10. So, Devontae's the only guy I've ever seen get 10 yards of separation, in, like from the five yard line in the end zone. Insane what he was able to do. So, I, I, I think that makes sense. And, and again, this, this isn't. I'm not saying that their styles are similar. I don't know, man. I, I don't know exactly the, the Cooper. But what I'm saying is I really like it because it makes a lot of sense in terms of they do something. They're, they're, they're technicians. But again, you add in the fact that he has that elite level agility. And it's not just a mental thing. You know, there, there's intelligent wide receivers that can get open without all that agility by, again, just understanding leverage and those kinds of things. But you add that in. And he has the ability to be sort of next level. So I'm excited about it, even if I can't see it as black and white as I can with a guy like Devontae Adams or Keenan Allen or Justin Jefferson. Uh, we're going to keep pushing here because we got kind of a lot of calls. we still got 15 left, so we're just going to we're gonna keep it rocking. Hey, 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 Ryan. Hey, man. What's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? It's a lovely morning. Fantastic. Uh, Jason in Arkansas, man. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, holler at me. Check your messages. Uh, what? Four for war if you uh, find like five minutes, man. Uh, check your DMs. Don't read any of them. Just look at the last uh, two pictures. And uh, I'm worried. Oh, let's see if we can, uh, if you think this uh, might be a good idea or not. I mean, I don't know. Man, just check them out if you can. And uh, holler at me, man. Say. All right. What what are we talking about here? Are we talking uh what are we, what are we talking about? Oh, Facebook probably. Facebook. I dude, I never go on Facebook anymore. I keep forgetting that's a thing. Uh thanks for reaching out and reminding me about that. By the way, uh Jason's got a lot of uh inventory in terms of cards. So um if you're interested in that kind of stuff as far as buying um buying or selling any of these, you know, rookie card type things. I don't exactly know how any of that works, but uh, I can get you in touch with Jason and I'll work on getting some more information. I'm just, I'm just kind of spitballing with him right now. Any who's what's going on with Trevor. Hey Ryan, uh, there's been a lot of talk about tight end. I just heard today. I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it, I guess, but, uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, the Cowboys is going to be a free agent. Um, didn't know what kind of fit he would be. I mean, he, he seems like a solid tight end. Um, I mean, he's not going to be your Gronk or your, Kittle, but definitely a, an improvement, I think, over what we have. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what he would cost if we could afford him. Especially if we're going to love, I feel like that could be a very big pickup because, I mean, obviously we could still draft a tight end. Like, we're losing Mercedes Lewis and Tony. Like, we're losing multiple tight ends. So, picking up two is not unreasonable. So, you know, you sign somebody like Schultz and then you draft somebody too, I think that's a great plan, especially if we're going with love to have, you know, those security blankets. Um, I don't know what the going compensation is for a tight end. You know, I don't know if he was going to be like five to eight million a year. I'd say, you know, 
go for it. Pull the, pull the trigger. Let's do it. Um, but knowing the market, and I don't, don't know that there's a ton of tight ends on the market this offseason, so maybe he's going to be north of $10 million and, you know, not really feasible. Um, but, yeah, just didn't know your thoughts on Dalton Schultz. Go back, go. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, Dalton Schultz is definitely one of the top uh... – the top guys, I think Track is expecting him to be somewhere in the 15 million range, which is not something I'm super interested in. Um, I mean, it would help, but again, it's it's a pretty stacked tight end class. Just try to take take a couple swings, try to hit something there. I mean, as much as I'd love to have a good a good tight end, I just I can't see 15 million on a tight end. We don't even have that much money. And again, it kind of comes back to this whole situation with Rodgers kind of making things difficult, especially if you factor in. Again, now there's a new report. They don't have a deal worked out, which I'm sure in five hours, somebody else will have a report that they do have it worked out. And we'll just go back and forth for the next month until Rogers finally makes a decision. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so hard to make a decision because we don't know what our salary cap looks like. We don't even know who's going to be on our team because we haven't worked out a deal that apparently involves multiple players. Um, and then, you know, it's like, well, if you trade him or if he retires, it's the same salary cap amount. Well, no, it's not. If, if the jets expect us to eat some of the money, or if we're trading multiple players, we don't know how much cap space we have. We don't know what players we have. We don't know anything. So again, that's why all of this, like, I I feel like I have a hard time interacting because it's like, what should we do in the draft? Or what about free agency? It's like, I I don't know because I don't know how much money we have. I don't know what players are going to be on our team and which players aren't. I don't have any of this information. I don't know what picks we're going to have in the draft because I don't know if Rodgers is going to go and we're going to get some additional picks or not, or if it's a post-June 1 and we're not going to get any picks until next year. Or, you know, maybe it's going to be a minuscule third-round pick or something, or maybe it's just a player swap. We're going to give them Rodgers and they're going to give us some, you know, first-round value-type player, second-round value-type player, Um, you know, a, a DJ Moore type, I guess, and that'll just be that. I don't know. I have no idea, but I would have to assume $15 million for Dalton Schultz would be out of the question. I'm thinking you might even uh, shake your head at that a little bit because that's that's steep, but that's kind of what you're talking about when you're talking about a top five, maybe top three-ish tight end in the league. You're, uh, you're going to pay a high price. Should you do one more? Let's do one more. We, we can't end the day until we get an angry Nate rant, so here we go. We're going to end the day with an angry Nate rant. Do it up, Nate. Oh, well, isn't that typical? The Jets and the Packers have done all their work, figured out the deal, hammered out all the Ah, that's old news. Now they haven't worked out a deal. So it used to be that they worked it out, and then they didn't work it out, and then they did work it out, and now they didn't work it out again. So anyways, I'm sorry. I apologize. No more, no more interrupting the rant. Details of everything, and who are we fucking waiting on? Aaron fucking Rodgers, probably waiting for him to... Quit shoving mushrooms up his dick hole, whatever the fuck he's doing these days. <laughs> Fucking make a goddamn decision. <sighs> Holy shit, man. Oh, my God. You're 39, my guy. Make a choice. Not hard. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> it's funny, too. I, I don't exactly know what's going on, but I occasionally been checking Twitter or whatever, and somebody found out that he liked something about COVID. And everybody is just an unbelievable amounts of just pure meltdown. Just absolute insanity right now. So I'm going to go enjoy that, I think. I'm just going to sit there. Um, I'm going to watch Bears fans absolutely melt down because I said they didn't fleece the, the Panthers. And actually, it was just a good trade for both teams. And somehow that is 
me being a biased hack, ridiculous. I'm insane and a biased Packer fan because I don't believe that they fleeced the Panthers, that the Panthers are so stupid that they don't know how to get fair value for something. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm watching my comment section meltdown. I'm watching Packer fans meltdown because Rodgers is um, scrolling through Twitter liking comments about COVID and the, and the vaccine and uh, still hasn't made his decision. I mean, to be fair, what do you think he's doing? I mean, again, I think he should have made a decision by now, but it's uh, you think he has to like lock himself in a room again like he can't have his phone? You watched a movie? Aren't you supposed to be like, how dare you watch a movie? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he still has a life. What are you, peeing now? How dare you? That means you're drinking. You're drinking and you're eating. And now you're peeing. And you're on Twitter in the bathroom. That is gross, first of all. And also, you shouldn't be allowed to do anything until you make this decision. I mean, it, it gets a little, little, little weird. I'm on board. Make a decision. But still, he has a phone. He does things. While he's busy not making a decision. Anyways, y'all, I'm going to leave it at that. Keep the calls coming in. Keep them coming. We got 12. We got more than enough for tomorrow. But, you know, we start getting caught up. We're going to start not having shows. And we can't have that. So, 608 I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 